Welcome to the ScreenWorks podcast. ScreenWorks is a work experience program that provides opportunities to work with and learn from professionals working in Northern Ireland's screen industries. In this podcast, we highlight some of the jobs that make up our vibrant screen sector. I'm Sean. And I'm Matthew. In each episode, we're going to be talking about a different job within the film TV, animation, gaming and VFX industries. We'll be joined by different guests talking about what they do and offering advice on how you can do it too. We're joined in this episode by Location Manager Adam Wilkinson. Adam is one of Northern Ireland's top location managers and his previous work includes Game of Thrones, The Fall, Krypton and The Lost City of Zed. Uh, Adam, we're delighted to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. No, thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. So Adam, can you tell us a bit about who you are and what you do? So yes, my main job is I'm a location manager here in Northern Ireland. Um, I do occasionally go over to England, but what I do here is I find locations for movies and TV shows to film their scenes in. I source them, manage them, and give them back to the owners, hopefully all in one piece, and everybody's happy with the result. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. What is the process, though, of, of doing that, of finding a location? Are you given a script that you read through and come up with your own ideas, or does the production give you a kind of brief of the, the kind of feel that they're going for? Um, yeah, so nine times out of ten, what happens is I'll get the scripts, I'll read through them and break them down. Um, you know, for instance, that'll be if there's a school featured in it, I'll be thinking about what type of school is it? Is it, a, you know, a grammar school, a private school? Is it a school in the countryside? Is it a school in the city? You know, is it old? Is it new? Um, sometimes you'll have that detail in the script. Other times you'll need to go to the production designer and the director and the producers and say, you know, what what is the feel for this? You know, you know, what type of person is going here? Um, and the same for houses. You know, it'll be what type of house, how wealthy are the family, you know, depending on how wealthy they are, you have to kind of judge the size of the house, especially whenever you're trying to replicate houses in England, because in Northern Ireland, you get a bigger house for your money. Sure. Okay. Um, so you find the location and I presume the production just doesn't rock up with cameras and trucks and, and start filming. Are you the person who sorts out the permissions or how does that work? Yeah, you, you, well, you'd like to think so, yeah. Generally what <laughs> happens is um, once we kind of present the options to the um, production designer, the directors, you know, and everything that narrowed down and we, we kind of think this is the location that we want to film at, then what happens is we go and do tech recce's, which is where every man and his dog turns up to try and troubleshoot the location. Um, and then once we've done that and we still think it works, um, you know, the permissions start to... Um, come into play where I have to start applying to, you know, the council, the police, um, you know, if it's an organisation, say, for instance, you want to fill them in a care home, you know, you have to go and speak to head, head office. Um, so, yeah, you start doing all those permissions and then that can take some time because some locations are trickier than others to negotiate. You know, you maybe have to submit proposal plans and then it has to go to boards and the boards might not meet, you know, uh, any more than once a month. So. Sure. Once all that's kind of um, put in place, then yep, we go to the location we film. There's a lot that happens in between the very first time I knock somebody's door until the mm -hmm. film crew actually start to film there. Like a lot of negotiations of logistics, money, keeping people happy, you know, changes to the property. Um, 
Other times you can make it quite quick. You know, in the past, I've seen me knock people's doors and say, can we film the scene here in 15 minutes? Like, we really need to. <laughs> it's really important. And they've gone, yeah, that's fine. But generally, it's a big, long, sort of elongated approach. And what does an average day for you then look like? So, um, depending on whether you're actually shooting or you're in prep or scouting, mm. it can be very different. If you're scouting, then, you know, you'll be kind of getting your research done in the morning and then in the afternoon, you'll be heading out to go and photograph the locations or make approaches to the owners of locations that you think are going to be viable options. Um, and then in the evening time, you're coming back, preparing all of those options and sending them off for review, hoping that one of those options is going to be useful. If you're um, kind of in prep, then, you know, my day to day is getting into the office, sorting anything that needs to be done there before going out and visiting all of the locations that are active, because you could have art department prepping in one location. You could have the, you know, a practical spark in another location taking down lights. You could have an external contractor doing something else in another location. So I'm visiting all of these sites to make sure everybody's doing what they should be doing. Everything's going to happen at the right time. Um, and then if we're shooting, um, basically it's going to set for up and running, making sure that the guys there are happy, content, safe, that the day's you know, going off with no hitches. And then once they're established, I'll dip out and I'll go off about my day, which is kind of more what I'm doing in prep and that's going around the locations and maybe finding any other little bits that have gone missing during the, you know, the prep period. Because locations can drop out or things can change or they can add extra locations in. You, you know, you talked there about um, kind of uh, scouting and prepping and shooting. Would you be involved in, you know, uh, I suppose the post-production of, of, of the production or is that kind of then you, you've done kind of everything you need to do for that production and you kind of move on, you know, while they're shooting? What, what's, I suppose, what's the full picture yeah. I suppose of you know going from the start of the job to what's the end then of you saying okay I've finished that job we can move on to the next one yeah um so once we've kind of wrapped film and then we'll have a period at the end of it where we'll go around and tie up any loose ends um, and just make sure that everybody can pay everything they put back to how it should be usually this could be a period of about two weeks a week to two weeks just to make sure you've tied up any of the loose ends and then from that you kind of hand it over to the production company and you would only really hear back from them if there's an issue where they say, actually, we need to come back and do some pickup shots or, you know, we've, we didn't get something, you know, and that's kind of, doesn't happen that often, thankfully. Um, and other than that, you get what a colleague of mine calls speedo calls. So that's after you finish your job, you're lying on a beach somewhere and somebody rings you and says, oh, by the way, I didn't get paid or, oh, by the way, someone's left, you know, a 10 grand camera here sitting in my living room um but yeah generally within about two weeks of finishing that's it it's handed over but we do kind of stay contactable you know for a very long period um, adam it sounds like you work I mean, your work involves all aspects of, of the production but who do you who do you answer to um yeah we uh, as locations deal with every department it's crazy you might not think it but we will be dealing with every single department that is on a production and um, 
but generally my kind of go-to person will be the line producer or the producers or the UPM. So on a movie, you'll have, you know, like a unit uh, production manager. Um, on sort of TV shows, you'll have a line producer. Um, so between them and the actual producers would be my main liaisons. Um, and then as for the production designer, you know, we wouldn't answer to them, but we would work with them in finding the right feel in the right locations. Um, but day to day, if I have an issue or I need, you know, to speak to somebody about something, it would be go and speak to the line producer or UPM and voice concerns or, you know, ask them the question. Great. Thanks very much, Adam. That's given us a really great um, insight into what your role looks like. But what um, what led you to have this this role? What did you what did you do before this, and what kind of things did you study? Oh well, um, I had a very varied work um, background, shall I say? So I've done several jobs, um, which is no bad thing, because I think going away, getting life experience you know, living a bit and then coming in and, you know, having that experience to call upon is great. So for instance, I've done everything from uh, being a clown to cooking in a hotel to working as cabin crew for an airline, um, you know, various different things to auditioning people for X Factor. So all of those types of things. But basically when I was younger, I kind of wanted to be... um, an actor and then I realized it wasn't for me I'd rather be behind the camera um, sure and when I was about 12 I, yeah 12 I think it was um, a large movie came to my village and I remember going and standing and watching all of these trucks and all of these people and all of these lights just doing this magic and I was in total awe and um, a very nice fella came out and asked me would I like to come in and have a look and see what was happening and I went in had a look and um, I was given a walkie-talkie and sort of told that I could help out you know and like thinking back about it now it was probably more of a hindrance under their feet but they're just like here give them a walkie-talkie keep entertained and I'd say years and years later I was on a production and I bumped into the guy that brought me into the the location way back then way. and um, he was an electrician and he said I can remember that he said I can remember he was a wee boy um, and actually it turned out the location manager that gave me my first start in locations was also in that job and I probably also spoke to him at the time but didn't realize <laughs> um, so it was that was my first kind of you know seeing encounter in film and then there was more and more and I kind of got to the stage where I was chasing the productions around Northern Ireland just to be involved in some way, you know, whether it was an extra or what it was. Um, and then I went away, travelled and seen the world and came back. And a friend of my father said, I know a guy that does something in film and TV. You should meet him for a coffee. And I thought, oh, here we go. So met this guy for a coffee and he turned out to be a location manager, um, Andrew Wilson. And he said, look, can't give you any work in a minute. You know, we're full up, but if it never comes up, I'll let you know. Within a week or two, got a phone call. Would you like to start? And that was it, really. You know, no looking back from that. Brilliant. Yes, class. <clears throat> what an origin story there as well. As a, uh, a young lad watching, that's, that's class. And then actually, and also then getting to meet that person years and years later. That's so cool. Yeah. Standing, right in, standing out in the rain, 
on a coastal town in the middle of winter. They probably just felt they probably just felt sorry for me, and they were saying, "Get him in before he gets pneumonia." <laughs> That's amazing. I bet you you made those guys feel really old when you you went to see them years later. Oh, I was, I was this weekend. You helped yeah. me. Oh, thanks, mm. thanks for that. But the um, thing is, like, man didn't look a, he didn't look a day older. He was still pretty fresh faced, and I thought you got you're obviously in the right department if you still look as fresh faced. <laughs> Because I've been working in my department for some years now, and I progressively get greyer as the day goes on. <laughs> oh, you suit it though, Adam. Don't, don't worry. Right. Um, so, I mean, you had a, re- a really varied work experience. I imagine that you know, working like cabin crew, being a clown, they're all kind of um, you need a pretty outgoing personality to be able to do that. Does that help your work as a location manager? Yeah, it really does. Um, you know the there's definitely no right or wrong way to get into it you know i did go to university and i did you know study um so i said on an abce and then i done um a ba in media production then a ba in television production and then an ma the ma was more just because i wanted another year of socializing at university <laughs> um, yeah. so i done all of these things but in hindsight you know it didn't give me anything other than life experience because what i learned i learned on the job um but one of the main things is you need to be able to talk to people. Like I need to instantly go up to somebody and diffuse a situation or bring them on side, you know, and generally my way of doing it is if I can make somebody laugh, then I know that I've kind of won them around a little bit or I'll make a joke or, you know, you will just do something to kind of bring them to my side and then we'll talk about it and it'll diffuse the situation because you could be filming somewhere and somebody will come up and be given at large about, you know, they didn't want you in the area. And if I can win them around within the first sort of minute or two of the conversation, then that's half of my battle. No, for sure. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure that's, I'm sure you do have some stories there of, of, of the public and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, it's definitely something, um, I mean, even, I mean, I want to know more about you being a clown, but that, that's for another, another podcast. But um, we'll move on to, um, we'll move on to part two, which is how can I do what you do? So here, um, you know, we're talking uh, directly to the young people here about, you know, what, what advice um, would you give a young listener who maybe wanted to follow in your footsteps? Yeah. Um, so to kind of do what I do, I, I think one of the most important things is, grab any opportunity that comes your way you know so if you see an opening for into film apply for it if you see an opening for a trainee um, scheme apply for it don't you know just think that's going to land on your lap you need to go out there find it yourself and actually be engaging in these advertisements and engaged in the opportunities that are there um, and as I said, there's no right or wrong way of doing it. You can go and study it. You can go and um, spend years at university. Or you can just have the luck of the draw. And, you know, you might know somebody, which is, uh, you know, to a certain degree, there is a there was a lot of that. And there still is a little bit of that where we know somebody will say, you know, could you get me a locations trainee? Or could you get me, you know, this here? Whereas, you know, they, like I kind of stumbled into locations and, um, but as I said, grab any opportunity you can. And there's no shame in, you know, finding me or finding another location manager and reaching out to them and explaining who you are and what you want to do, you know, um, in a nice email or, you know, 
something like that there. One of my pet peeves is I will get emails from people who don't explain how they got my email address, who don't tell me anything about themselves other than here's my CV, I want some work. And I'll reply back to them and generally say, look, how did you get my email address? You know, why do you want to do this? And, you know, here's how I can help you. Um, just target your approaches to people properly. And, you know, if you do that, you, there's a good chance you'll get in. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that, that's a good piece of advice as well, because I think sometimes, um, you know, people can just kind of get a, a batch of emails from somewhere and then just fire it random emails essentially you know that are, that are personalized um so that is um you know a great piece of advice and i mean you know you talked about um you know you think you would eventually kind of stumble uh into it and do you think that um you know, the fact you did go off and study and and um you did do your, uh, a master's and that kind of thing is did that help in any way now you know going through um you know, from trainee right up to locations manager, is there in any um, any case do you think where your um, qualifications of going off the uni and stuff have helped you as, I suppose, at, at the level that you're at now as a, as a locations manager? If I, or do you think that it's all kind of experience? Um, if I'm brutally honest with you, I don't think it helped at all. Mm-hmm. If I'm really honest with you, I don't think it did. And actually, we've been having this conversation um in our family and um, because of some relations who want to go to university and I've said to them look you certainly go and it'll give you life experience but I don't know maybe if that's the best avenue for you to go to get in because you know you, you don't need to do that because you've got other options you've got schemes like Interfilm, you've got training um, schemes that are opening up on a you know nearly a monthly basis now and with more and more productions coming in, they, they need to fill that gap. So there's going to be a real kind of um, lack of new talent unless people kind of start jumping in and bypassing, you know, that kind of university route. Because otherwise there's going to be a three year lag of people <laughs> where mm. we don't have it. Because we filled, we filled everybody up now, you know, we, we can't, we nearly can't find enough trainees that are the right age coming into the yeah. productions. You know, and that's the key is the right age and um, because obviously they have to be a certain age for insurance purposes to work in the films you know they can't be rocking in from you know at 15 and it's not like what i done all those years ago you know things have changed <laughs> yeah i imagine being able to drive is a huge help as well being able to drive is a massive 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 thing and I will say to people, if they send me your CV, um, you know, I'll look at it and if there's nothing, nothing much about driving, I'll ask them, can you drive? And if they say no, I say, okay, you need to come back to me whenever you can drive because I can't, how do I employ somebody in locations that can't drive? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. really, it's like employing, you know, somebody to sing in a choir that can't sing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't work. You, the whole point of our job is to go around locations and um, you know don't get me wrong there has been times where we have people who can't drive but they've been paired with somebody um that you know they've either been really good friends and the, the friend has said i'll go and pick them up every morning and i'll leave them off i say well that's fine if you're prepared to do that but it's not going to be the basis of my concern if they come to me they have to be able to drive um, and one thing somebody said to me that is very true 
whenever you're over a certain age, because of um, insurance for vehicles, you will find it slightly easier. You know, um, say for instance, like I have no issue employing anybody that's under 25 that can drive, but whenever they hit 25, they hit this magical window where enterprise and um, where hire companies will allow them to drive larger vehicles like vans, which we need on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great advice, Adam. Thanks. Um, some of the other rules that we look at in ScreenWorks, they um, really rely on the strength of a young person's portfolio to helping them get work or show, showcase what they can do. Is there a locations equivalent to that? How can a young person show that they'd be a great location manager? Um, I think displaying that you're a great location manager would be kind of difficult. Um, I know that whenever we try and translate what we do into kind of as we call it, the real world, um, people don't really understand what a location manager is, you know, and we turn around and fellow location managers say, oh, I could do that job, I could do that job. You know, I could go in and walk into a council and manage an apartment because it's, you know, it's management of people and that's what we do and it's high pressure. Um, but I think to kind of display your skills, then it might be um, that they are a very good photographer, you know, and they have a portfolio of photographs of locations that they've gone out and they found that are very unusual, unique. Um, and they come to me and say, look, this is some of my work. And I think, where did you find me? Like, where, where are these places? And they are beautiful pictures. And if you can do that, then you'll be able to sell a location, you know, because it's all about making the location look amazing in your pictures that you present to the directors and the designers, making them look appetizing and making them, you know, appeal to them, say, actually, yeah, we want to go and film there. You know, sometimes they arrive and in real life they go, oh, it doesn't look so much picture. But you just have to say to them, well, remember, you're going to color grade it and you're going to add lights in and you're going to add this in. So once you finesse it a little bit, it will look like that picture. But for God's sake, don't use Photoshop and also do not use wide angle lenses if you're photographing houses because you go into them <laughs> and you can't swing a car. <laughs> We've been house hunting for a while and I've I've been to so many houses that have massive gardens in air bubbles. You go and you, you can touch both ends of the, of the garden with your arms, you know. I had a production designer who had very choice wording about what he would do with the wide angle lens if he had his option. Let's just say you can use your imagination. (laughs) Adam, thanks very much for everything so far. Um, So it's a great look at what you do and giving great advice on how young people could follow in your footsteps. So thank you. We're going to move on to part three now, which is our quick fire questions. So uh, you're going to have 10 seconds to answer each question. And um, if you go for 10 seconds, Matthew and I will be really disappointed that that's all the power we wield, sorry. So uh, question one, could you tell us a film or TV show that highlights the work that your role carries out? Any movie by Christopher Nolan, especially The Dark Knight or The Dark Knight Rises, because the sequences that he does are amazing and they do them in actual cities and they just look fantastic. The logistics behind it must be amazing as well. Like It would just be a nightmare. Yeah, class. That, yeah, no, I, I actually watched Tenet there recently and it was like it was i thought it was okay but um it was just very nice looking and all the stuff yeah it was uh christopher nolan's cool okay next question 
What is the trickiest part of your job? Uh, trickiest part of my job is try and find the location. Sometimes you'll get what I like to call a unicorn, and you're like, this does not exist. <laughs> this is simply, you're going to have to build this, or you're going to have to readdress this description, because you're not going to get it. Thanks, Adam. Uh, what would you be doing if you weren't doing your current job? Um, I would probably be running a business of some description. Um, I'm not quite sure what, but I would be definitely working for myself and running a business, doing something. I'm not sure what. And what TV um, or film uh, sparked your interest in the role you do? So maybe that that movie that was that you went on to when you were like 12. What what was it that that sparked your role? Your interest. Yeah, so that movie, uh, which was called The Boys and Girls from County Clare, um, just being able to actually pull them as an extra with them as well and seeing how everything was working behind the scenes and the logistics of what all, I was just completely fascinated and I thought, I need to work in this industry. This is fast paced, it's interesting, it's amazing. And I actually done breakfast television for a while in England and it was the same thrill. like. You were live on TV and you had to do things. And if you messed up, you messed up spectacularly. Thanks, Adam. Uh, what is one piece of advice you'd give a young person? Grab every opportunity you can. Don't say no to an opportunity. If somebody comes to you and says, I've got a job working and film on TV for a week, say, yes, please. Never, ever turn an opportunity down. And the most important question of your life here is probably, of, this is why you... Um, this you, your whole life has brought you this moment in time. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Um, so the person that would play me probably would be um, like Del Boy or something because you know he has, he's spinning so many plates at one time and trying to keep everything on the tracks. And that's kind of what my day to day is is just you know there'll be a few stumbles along the way, but it's trying to keep everything in the right direction and keep your nose pointing to the end of the finish line. Um, you know, it goes back to what they say in the pilots. It's their main priorities is aviate, navigate and communicate. As long as your nose is pointing the right way and you're going the right direction, then you'll tell everybody what's happening. And I say that to people in work, aviate, navigate, communicate. Adam, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been great crack and really, really informative. I'm sure our listeners will agree. Uh, that's all we have time for uh, in this episode. But thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. And you can contact us with any questions at screenworks at intofilm.org. Screenworks, delivered by Intofilm, is funded by the Department for Communities through Northern Ireland Screen.